0: Hey everybody, what's up and welcome. I am your host, Random Randy, and welcome to Red Thread Podcast. And so we're going to kind of dive right in here. We're going to continue running down the Tartaria topic. We've got another one today for you folks. What we're looking into is temples and cathedrals as uh as receivers right so this is a a concept that comes up in the tartaria topic quite a bit we've got uh, fractal antennas you know above you know the aerials in the sky right uh the system of down once so eloquently put it and what do we know what do we know we are losing that small mind so that we can free our lives correct Correct. All right. So we're going to jump in and uh, take a look into this topic today. Once again, I encourage you all to do your own research, do your own looking around, uh, you know, dig into these topics. You're going to find a lot more than just the face value. And, uh, you know, you're, you might even find yourself along the way. So I encourage you all to do that. <clears throat> Once again, pardon me. Once again, the links will be in the... Uh, in the show notes, and uh, so we're just gonna kind of jump in here. Let's take a quick look. All right, so let's take a look. So the idea, guys, is uh, is that we're we're talking about temples and churches as this time radio frequency receivers. <clears throat> so you know, aside from the idea that these structures are sort of an as above, so below resonance idea, right? Like uh, as a template. Okay, so we're not going to focus so much on the idea uh, of temples as a technological template today. uh, But that is, you know, part of it. And, um, you know, in this world that we live in, everybody, I'm honestly of the opinion and of the understanding that everything is and then, right? That's kind of the joke and dude, where's your car? No more and then, right? We all kind of want to draw a limitation to our world and... And kind of cease with the and thens, right? But uh, much to our chagrin, or our dismay, rather, that's not happening. Everything is and then and then some. So this is going to be a small portion of what these temples and or cathedrals might be. And this is in regards to a book. Uh, let's see here. By Dr. Mayall. It's a Dr. Constantine Mail M-E-Y-L. I'll leave the link to the page that I'm referring to here, as well as uh, maybe some more information on, uh, on Dr. My- where you can find Dr. Mail's work. Okay. So he wrote a book entitled Broadcasting of the Gods, in which he argues that ancient temples and cathedrals were transmitting and receiving stations for radio communication. All right. So, uh... All of us out here are very fortunate in that there are folks that are out there doing research, transcribing into basic terms the information contained within, and then putting it online for you and I to consume. Nom, 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 nom. Okay? So this is one of those methods of consumption. Go check out StolenHistory.net, and there are many, many others across the web that are uh, disseminating this information and making it readily available so that you might dive into it on your work break or, you know, uh, in the wee hours of the morning, if you have an extra hour or two in the morning before you go to work or, you know, even when you get home from work, I know most of us really don't have that kind of luxury. Um, you know, my free time that I do have, I spend speaking with all of you and, uh, doing further research to engage my receptors, my brain receptors and get some, uh, some new things wired. I mean, that's the idea anyway, and, uh, well, I'll tell you, man, my pattern of thinking compared to a year or two years ago is is so significantly different that I am encouraged to encourage those of you out there who are just sticking their toe in the water to uh, to jump right in, dive right in, guys. There's tons of information to be had out there, and this information can have a massive effect on your well-being. Right? With more understanding comes, well, more. And, uh, you know, that's that's what life is about, right? Ever-changing, ever-growing, ever-blossoming like a lotus flower in the breeze, right? Uh, the trick is to not let that breeze knock you down or, you know, stomp yeah. you into the dirt, right? But anyway, so moving on. Uh, so you can go and check out meyl.eu. That's Dr. Mail's website. Okay, and again, his book is called Broadcasting of the Gods. So the book's written in, a, in, in the spirit of a platonic dialogue between a teacher named Lacan, Lacantius and his student, the young Constantine the Great. In the year 304 A.D., Lacantius, the chief radio technician of the Roman Empire, is initiating Constantine into the secret history and functioning of radio broadcasting technology. Back in 304 A.D., everybody, can you believe that? Kind of sounds about right to me why it's not 303 you know, hey, I don't know, right? Uh, it's probably just for for the sake of the book, right? <laughs> so to start off with the the gods for male are, are never anything but code names for radio frequencies controlled by people. Uh, and so this kind of uh, explains the the immortality, right? If it's uh now see that makes me wonder is it a tape playing? Uh, or is it an interactive program that is locked into a certain frequency, right? Um, some might call that like the prison of the void, right? So there, you know, there's some some information here that might, might jive with certain other scriptural teachings. Now, the different temples of the different gods uh, were locked to one frequency by virtue of their construction dimensions. All of the golden ratios and harmonic proportions that we see in temple and church architecture were not put there in some vague esoteric, as above, so below celebration of the order inherent in the cosmos. Although I do think that's a part of it. This is just the specification of this particular book. So, now, The whole purpose of a temple was simply to resonate at a specific frequency. This resonant energy was drawn off of the telluric currents of the earth. And uh, so what Mail suggests is that these currents were once much stronger and that they have degraded over time. Uh, This eventually leads to the abandonment uh, of the original function of these temples and churches. So, uh, and there's no explanation to be seen as far as why this weakening may have occurred. Uh, You know, perhaps... Antiquity collapsed because the broadcast technology that held the ancient world together gradually or suddenly failed, uh, allowing it to descend into a radio darkness, right? Which, uh, which, and it does make sense that this would shift the balance of power, right, in in favor of the locals or the barbarians, right? So, so that's the idea, kind of going into this, that, uh, that these were keys, keys to certain signals, okay, And, you know, if you've even looked into, uh, sorry, Nikolai Tesla, I don't know why I draw a blank every time I reach for that name in my mind. It's almost as though I'm not supposed to know that name. But anyway, Nikolai Tesla often spoke of having interactions, right? Through his equipment, through his electrical endeavors, uh, with other, what he called entities. So this... This idea really isn't that far-fetched. And, uh, you know, I, I dare say that given that our bodies are a sort of temple technology, that we have the opportunity to create our resonant frequency within ourselves and communicate with either demons or angels sometimes, right? So it's, um, and then again, looking at looking at like speaking with Matthew Smith uh, over at uh, dreamdesignbuild.org uh, in a previous episode. And going through the idea that these temples are, are laid out, essentially, with the same uh, geometric structure as the human body, right? Kind of relates to the fact that the human body is indeed a sort of temple, and what is a temple if not a receiver of, call it, divine energy, right? So, Mayall suggests that the first transmitters and receivers were natural caves, He believes or uh, appears to adhere to the theory that the Egyptian pyramids were power stations whose secrets have been lost, and the best later humans were able to come up with in their reconstruction of the old technology was radio. And it's a, this is a quote here it is a certainly fascinating thought when power would be portable and usable anywhere through the ether at any time. But our technicians, he means the technicians of the 4th century, have also tried hard to use this lost technology. They were not able to reactivate the concept. Today we only work with the technical use of information of the waves to pass radio signals. That's an excerpt from the book there. So he argues that Babylonian towers, this is interesting right here, he argues that the Babylonian towers were constructed vertically which for some technical reason makes it impossible for multiple frequencies to be used. Something that only appears once someone had struck on the idea of laying the cell out horizontally. He offers a scientific argument for this, uh, which this person can only take on faith, apparently. So there's a lot of information embedded within these, these books. There's many, many people out there looking into these things. Breaking the information down, presenting it so that you can at least sort of stick your foot in the water there. So then looking at that, okay, if we consider the idea that you might have a bigger breadth of flexibility in your receiver if you laid it out horizontally is is the idea. Right, and then looking at the Earth that we live in today—a very flat grid-like structure spread out all around the world. To what end, right? And then we see, um, okay, there's communication with entities through the internet, apparently, and this is part of the, you know, ritualistic manner of of CERN and all of these folks. So you know, we see the conspiracy side of it. We see all the the madness going on. We wonder why. We're not building the way we used to, okay? The idea that the vertical temple structure was limited and that a horizontal or flat receiver structure would be more beneficial to perceive or receive a wider multitude of signals Begins to make some sense. And also begins to make sense as to why you would want your entire society, instead of pulling from the ether, their energy for their daily use, to be connected to this grid. It would all be for the simple fact that it is necessary to receive this information from, quote, the gods. Right? So when we look at things and we wonder... This could be one of the reasons. This could be one of the reasons why we live on such a flat earth. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to dive too deeply into whether the earth is flat or is a globular structure or any of these things. Because, listen, everybody, as it turns out, after doing some investigation into out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, these sorts of things, finding out that once you are removed from your physical body, and you no longer have a use for your physical eyes, facing forward only. There is a concept called spherical vision. Okay, This is believed to be how the gods or the higher selves see the world. Which means in all directions at once. Right? So as though your sight was coming from all directions, in the center of a sphere you would see things in bubble forms. So that's the idea of my thought as to where the spherical concept comes from and why it is pushed as the only understanding for the masses is because it is the only directly confirmable way of seeing the entire Earth at once that has been undertaken by humanity. By directly confirmable, I mean through many people having many different out-of-body experiences and seeing the world this way. Okay, I believe that in a physical sense, say in a ship or something to that effect, we might only be able to interact with the world as a flat plane. All right And, and there are many many reasons for this as far as information computation within our, our monkey skulls, right? Uh, there's lots behind it. So, so that's the idea of where the the globular theory, or, or understanding came from, and why it sits so deeply within our psyche. Right? Because the idea is that within each of us, there is what's called a psychosoma. This is your psychic body, okay? This is where you spend your time when you're sleeping for the most part. Some of the, some of the um, information while you're sleeping is coming from the physical brain, but a vast majority of the information that you're looking for, that you're thinking about, that you're deeply emotionally invested in, is coming from your psychic body, or your astral body as it's known. And the idea is, is that that astral body has eyes that face all directions. Right? This could be where the idea of the many-faced god comes from. Or of Janus, with heads facing both, sometimes three different directions, although we can't see the backside of the coin, right? So all of these things start to sort of fall into place a little bit, okay? So, let's see. There is also a suggestion that cedar wood is excellent for construction of broadcasting stations, and that Gilgamesh's journey to the Cedar Forest had something to do with a battle over one of Enlil's stations. Super cool stuff, man. Any of you out there, if you've ever indulged in the Anunnaki narrative, Enki, Enlil, start of humanity, so on so forth, blah blah blah, right? These are known as the Sky Gods. Where do our... Where does static come from? Radio, static radio information comes from the cosmos, right? That's the idea anyway, okay? Now, there's some information uh, that the sun is not what we think it is, and uh, we'll get into that in a, in yet another episode. I know that the last episode, we covered a little bit about the solar absence and solar presence, and and this change that might have happened. Uh, This is going to be an underlying part of what may have been the purpose behind the previous version of what we call the grid. It may have been to sustain life in the absence of what we call the sun by creating a field effect that allowed for molecules to remain excited. Okay. So that's the idea as far as these old world structures and so on and so forth. And then the other idea is that when the sun comes, it comes to town, comes to play. uh, There's a huge upset, a huge overturning, you know, because this is for the people of the sun coming back around again. Right. So, you know, there's lots of little nods to these cycles happening. And, uh, you know, the 1655 or 1555, one or the other uh, in clock in Prague. Right? Having been remodeled, we see some drawings suggesting that this clock had some colors changed, namely the dark and light portions were flipped around to suggest that it was a clock that was counting down until the sun returned. And that this is what the ether technology was about, and was for, was to sustain life in these areas. And that the Sonic frequencies created by all of the bell structures would have been the driving force to create the standing wave necessary to allow for the excitation of molecules in the area. So that's the idea, right? So, he goes on to speculate that the cuneiform writing was created as a telegraphic language. Uh, The scribe receives these telegraphic signals and was unable to read what he was writing down. It was the job of a separate priest... He suggests that many of the tablets we have transcribed, we have are transcribed radio transmissions. He ascribes some of the differences in the different versions of the Epic of Gilgamesh, for example, uh, to unreliable scribes making errors. He says each interpreter of oracles comes up with his own interpretation during the broadcast of the encrypted text. Therefore, often several different versions exist from ancient writings. So this brings to mind Moses going up on the mount, right and uh, and receiving these these tablets from from God, right? Bringing the law back down. Now if way back in the day, I mean, who knows at this point, right? Way back in the day, uh, n- natural structures were in existence with the resonant frequencies necessary. Uh, Keep in mind that it's a possibility that what we see as mountains and things today may have been these structures of old. We may be upon an earth that has seen vast, vast numbers of cycles, all right? It becomes a little easier to comprehend some of the things that are taking place here if you extend the knowledge of life indefinitely back, indefinitely, right? Right? And it's possible that there may have been many, many versions of the current time we're living in, complete with plastics and fossil fuels and and all of these sorts of things. Speaking of writing, he goes on to say, The Phoenicians have perfected this technology. They even adjusted the number of their letters in their alphabet to the number of transferable rhythms. Goes on to say that the Phoenicians brought the broadcast technology in the various corners of our world. In this way, they encountered peoples who worshipped them like aliens sometimes, but at least as gods. What they also actually were, and they explained the broadcast technology and its handling. So, by bringing this information, this can be looked at as Prometheus bringing the fire from the uh, fire of the gods down to man. Right, uh, the frequency, the fire. Right, I dare say that spirit, uh, that intuition, has a frequency; it has a set rate of vibration. Okay, and depending on what we are resonating with, uh, we receive differently. Okay, so it's possible that the body, the human body as we know it today, wasn't always such a re- well-refined machine with such opportunities for res- great reception within it. Right. And that it was necessary for the folks of the past, maybe to have these structures as sort of a middleman between them and what we call God, what we call heavenly realm, um, information, heavenly information, information that is above us, that is beyond us. Right. Um, Because remember, everything is information. Right? Condense that down into the 2D and everything is an equation. Everything is a math problem. Your entire life is a drug-out math problem. That's what algebra has to do with your existence today. Okay. So he concludes or includes a picture of Tijuanaco suggesting that the Indian deities and the Phoenician deities agreed to set up a joint radio relay station on Easter Island to be able to communicate across the vast Pacific Ocean. So if these deities are embedded within a signal, would it not make sense that these deities would care to spread their signal further? In a more... Hmm... Efficient manner, right? Across land. And let's also sort of play with the idea that it is indeed a flat plane. So the waves would have to be bounced. The signal would have to be bounced. This is what aluminum in the atm- atmosphere is used for, everybody. This is uh, to bounce frequency. Back down here to Earth. Unfortunately, for all of you out there who are really just dead set on the NASA narrative, okay, keep in mind that the folks that created NASA and all of this were projectors, okay? These were practices of the art of out of body projection and of communication with these other non terrestrial entities. By non-terrestrial, we could mean frequential. So when the ether, this is a quote, when the ether was still scarcely used technically at the time of ancient civilizations, around each transmitter first developed a civilization who was dependent on this technology and of the god or was kept in dependence to be exact. The size of the sphere of influence was dependent on the range of the transmitter. You can also notice that the first transmitter was always at the center of attention and not the receiver, as in Greek times afterwards. So here he argues that the Greeks were the first to invert the power relationship between the transmitter and the receiver. Before Greek times, people simply followed the voices of the gods unquestioningly. But then something happened, and the gods now had to please the people. Kind of the nature of man, isn't it? Here, Mayles suggests that Socrates had somehow de- discovered how the whole system worked and was attempting attempting to introduce new gods, that is, establish new frequencies, and therefore upset the political and economic order. Sounds an awful lot like what we have going on today, doesn't it? <laughs> so some, some might say, well then, are all, all of these historians that we're seeing... Throughout history, are these just transcribers of this heavenly signals? And furthermore, are we creating our own signals now, as, as humanity? Creating our own our own gods. Or introducing them at least. So the the system of stories of the gods coming down to somebody like Homer and then further down into the temple and the priests, then being filtered down to the oracle, the altars, the theater, right? Then is filtered down to the people which bring offerings and entrance fees in exchange for their saving of their mortal soul, right? In the same thing, we have uh, – <laughs> in today's world, we have gossip compiled by journalists and radio reporters being delivered to the transmitting station, broadcasted to the receiving stations, uh, and having uh, radio license fees being paid for this opportunity. And then the consumers once again paying the radio licensing fees and uh, you know the radio stations for the right to – Those oracles. Or that information. So what I'm saying is is we're looking at a repeat of a previous era in a different form. And this is all it has always ever been. Ultimately, the question then is, well then, what physically are these... Frequencies representative of. Uh, this is where it kind of uh, pops into well, you know, your emotions have a frequency and so on and so forth. We won't really go too far into that right now. But um, when a community switched gods, the old temples had to be raised and rebuilt to pick up the new frequency coming from a different center. Temple offerings were broadcasting fees. Male suggests that the Greek period was characterized by a free-for-all temple building on different islands, each island trying to crowd out the others just like radio stations today might fight for listeners. <laughs> this free market was eventually ended by the Roman takeover and the strict control over radio frequencies and broadcasts. Ah yes, the people of the sun have come back around again to take control and snuff out the native civilization. Or those in the dark. In the dark can also be looked at as the Garden of Eden. The land of pure possibility. Right? Because inertia is simply possibility. Unrealized possibility. That's what we're being told by this whole sort of narrative. Whether or not that's 100% true and what the situation is outside of the influence of the sun remains yet to be seen. More generally, Male suggests that the movement from polytheism to monotheism can be explained by the gradual monopolization of the broadcast technology. He goes into great detail about a great many temples built starting in the 6th century B.C. I would like to note that this is an interesting start date, as it coincides more or less with the date suggested by Velikovsky and other electric universe researchers for the catastrophic near passages of Mars in the 7th century B.C., which finally put an end to the long period of regular celestial upheavals and left behind a transformed Earth. So did Mars somehow charge the Earth with telluric energy and has been slowly dissipating ever since then? Is this why there are fewer earthquakes, volcanoes, and comets today? End quote. The smaller a temple and the higher its frequency is, the less terrestrial radiation can be used as excitation power, and its transmit power is correspondingly lower. The cella of a temple is its cavity resonator. This powers the transmitter. So, folks, all my fans of hyperborea out there, what is hyperborea? A hole, right? Some say black hole, some say white hole, some say it's both. But nonetheless, it is a cavity. Perhaps a cavity, cavity resonator. Casting the signal, which then creates what we see as the sun, possibly the moon as well. So what do I think we live up upon? We live upon a plane with a hole in it. That hole is the cavity cavity resonator. That north pole is the temple. Casting its resonant frequency about its sphere of influence, known as Earth. This powers the transmitter. In the ancient world, choosing the location and orientation for a temple was serious business involving augurs, land surveyors, and priests. This makes sense when we realize that temples could only function if situated on tellurically active sites. So is it possible that this temple was set upon... Mount Meru, for example, or is Mount Meru just a misnomer for the temple itself? And it's interesting to note that the latus used by dowsers and augers resembles that of an antenna. And uh, the latus, if you've ever seen one, is uh, it's an antenna shaped like a spiral. Okay. The Greeks adopted hexameter in their telegraphic transmissions as a redundancy method. If the signal was weak or garbled and a few pieces were missing, the requirement that the missing pieces fit into a certain rhythmic pattern make it made it easier to fill in the blanks. So this might be where the difference in transliteration kind of comes from. Transmissions were apparently very weak and needed to be decoded by oracles who used a number of techniques to hear them, including temple sleep, sitting on resonant frequency tripods, the ringing of an iron kettle, and especially exdyspacy, the practice of inspecting the internal organs of a freshly sacrificed animal. So these are all methods that were used to read these frequencies. Today we have the technology to read a very, very wide sort of array of frequencies. Kind of makes you wonder what we're tuning into, right? If it's such a wide band, is it a number of different entities? Are there many, many, many gods in this world that we live in today? And furthermore, is Rome still that which looks at itself as though it is the one true god, the god of the sun, Pretty wild. <clears throat> Mail's theory is that the fine, still-wet membranes of the liver or spleen were the most accurate receivers of the subtle radio vibrations sent through the ether. Here he is vague and seems to accept that radio transmissions can actually be received more or less physically. Uh, you know, I think he's onto something there. Is this the explanation for some of the more unusual priestly or royal accoutrements such as crowns and croziers? Hmm. <laughs> Amen. Hey, man, it's making a lot of sense, especially when you see these latus, these receivers used by g- dowsers and augers. Very interesting stuff. Quote, you need to know that the secular rulers with these receiving antennas on the head perform as they are told by the broadcast technology. The coronation... Pretty interesting that this is coming out right now, isn't it? The coronation is a technical measure to telepathy by which the high priest as a representative of a god makes the rulers his mindless servants. (laughs) In any case, Mail's account offers a possible explanation for a phenomenon that has always perplexed us, namely the simultaneous rationality and superstition of the Greeks who regularly went to war based on nothing but the ravings of a drugged-up oracle. (laughs) What if they were not raving, but rather speaking in pseudo-gibberish code, which then had to be deciphered by a different priest as a compartmentalization protocol? And uh, so then the soldiers would be none the wiser, right, for the trickery. They wouldn't be hearing this. This might be why it is essentially sort of dangerous for us as walking temples— and why we might be sort of an upset to the power balance when it comes to this Roman entity. Male never engages with the idea of really existing gods or divine psychic voices, but I find that idea intriguing, says this person, that the reversal takes place around the same time that the Julian Janes situates the silencing of the hallucinated bicameral voices and the emergence of subjectivity proper. So what are we really doing here? Who do we take our, 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 uh, our leads from, right? Like if, if everything is a frequency that we as human temples have an opportunity to tune into, depending on our intention, uh, what's right and what's wrong, you know, And, and each of us has a feeling of what, what truly is right and what truly is wrong. And this makes us completely unique as individuals. Now, this is what goes on to be stated uh, that this is around the time that Mars and the other planets finally leave Earth alone. Um, If we're looking at this from like a sort of planar point of view, then that would just be these key points coming into sort of resonance with what we call the center of the Earth today. Right? And there's a lot of complicated information as far as what that model looks like. Um, And you're going to have to start Digging into some other sort of concepts to really make sense of that because it is always, it is always, and then okay, as the planets got further away, uh, were they weakened and forced to seduce humans rather than command them before finally disappearing? So this could be why you know the different planets were known as different gods when they were in a in a different you know sort of location relative to what we see as the Earth. It's possible though that the Earth, as the area of solar influence, is moving away from these what we can call heavenly bodies uh, or luminaries, and uh, that not the other way around. It could very well also be both. Okay, because it's all just one big equation. Variables change. Things happen, we are just here perceiving the current set of variables that we find ourselves bracketed into, okay? Speaking of Karnak in Brittany, this gigantic structure was technically groundbreaking. The main problem was the power supply of the transmitter. For this purpose, the technician erected menhirs from a material that performs high-frequency self-oscillations. These stones were used as energy carriers and energy storages. To ensure that no valuable energy is lost, they left the stones unhewn as far as possible. It was also easier to adapt the soft wood into the irregular shape of the granite blocks than vice versa. The real enemy of this wooden temple was not the human, but only lightning and fire. A pure stone construction was ruled out because of the incredible dimensions. Unfortunately, the operators of the gigantic facility had to witness how their proud building burned itself down one day. And he goes on to suggest that Karnak and Karnak are related. So, all these raising of, uh, of temples, the, the burning down of libraries and these sorts of things. It's a great possibility that what we look at as a library today is actually a lot closer to the libraries of antiquity than we realize. How do I mean? I mean the libraries of antiquity, if equipped with these receivers and these oracles would have been similar to us going to the library and sitting down at a computer today. The information would have been there. We would have had a portal or an oracle to transmute that information and bring it to us where we stand as regular Joe and Sally, right? In the course of the conquest of Gaul, Caesar probably learned for the first time about the structures of transmitters, which were constructed of stone circles and menhirs, as it were, just as it were, just, a common in, just as common in northwestern Europe. Uh, unfortunately, he could not just take and activate it by himself because there intentionally existed no record, and the druids took care not to reveal the secrets. Therefore, the Romans had only the one alternative: to destroy the plants the structures to destroy them begins to make a little bit more sense when you realize that there is um, a battle between what we're calling as gods or sets of information or data sets just kind of battling it out here on earth uh, that begins to make some sense if it helps me anyway to look at look at the earth as a giant hard drive. Where every emotion, every intention that you place, for example, your intention is to change the earth outside of your home. So what do you do? You plant a garden. You till the ground. You plant the seeds. You water them. You cultivate an energy that was not there before. So that's on a small, very personal scale. The manipulation of energies, of information can look something like gardening. Okay. So Mayo mentions uh, Caesar as the man who set in motion the eventual conquest and unification of the broadcast frequencies in Rome. The title of Pontifex, Pontifex Maximus refers to radio bridges, he says. Francesco Carada has made the argument that Jesus Christ was based on Julius Caesar, as have many others. The argument has also been made that Jesus is a metaphor for the sun and his hypothesis, a metaphor for the final stabilization of the sun at the center of the solar system after a period of planetary upheaval. This, again, ties into Egyptian mythology as well. The um, reunification of Osiris and Isis into Ra once more. So, you know, is it, is it possible that these stories are getting mixed up? In both cases, we have divine unification taking place, one political, economic, and technological, the other planetary. Uh, again, folks, and then is all I have to say about any of this. It's always, and then, or also, okay? Because it is also, we live in an interesting, beautiful, complicated place, and, uh, This is the battle taking place. Is it spiritual? Yes. It's also intellectual. It's all of the things that we are as humanity, this battle that's taking place, this war. Okay? So it's clear that Rome has taken efforts, has put forth efforts to remove the resonant structures of those who it deems its enemies are, right? We see that. We see that happening. Now, if it truly is Rome in control anymore, and they truly were the people of the sun at some point, they don't seem to be the people of the sun anymore, do they? What with all of the blocking and stuff being permitted to go on in their controlled airspace. Often makes me wonder if Rome is not what it used to be. Or if it's just the face of the tool being used to cultivate us to allow us to allow us to garden ourselves to create our own new sun out of father sky and mother earth create our own unique experience our own set of information our own equation and then solve that equation. Seems to be what we're here for. <clears throat> to this can be added a few of the other Christs, from Fomenko's Adronicus to Michael Hudson's Debt Warrior to Apollyonus of Tiana and so on. He goes on to say, I suppose this was the big story of the post-cataclysmic period, the disappearance of the old gods, and the reappearance of a new, more centralized order in all spheres of life, from psychology to economy to technology to politics. No wonder all of these unifiers would get jumbled together over time. Next, we get to a big Roman technological breakthrough. Compared with all the previous, uh, quote, compared with all the previous temple designs, the new temples have no fixed length, width, and height of the cella anymore as an architectural feature. Round apses and domes are now used as a typical and particular characteristic. Incidentally, this distinguishes the modern Roman temple from the classical Greek telegraphic transmitter. Just look more closely at the broadcast temple at the Imperial Forum in Rome. All are equipped with this round apse the temple at the Forum of Caesar with 9.7 MHz, the temple at the Forum of Augustus with 7.6 MHz, and also the temple of Trajan with 7 MHz. So folks, we have a resonant frequency in this, the Earth, that we take part in, possibly emanating from hyperborea, or the cavity within the transmitter at the pole. Currently, 7.83 megahertz is what we're told. Okay. We as humans are built to receive these. And it seems other frequencies as well. Now, it could be that uh, we are evolving capabilities to receive other frequencies than just that of the Earth where we are. And it could just be based on intention. People want different and new information. They want growth as opposed to continuing to eat their tails over and over again, right? So here he argues that the new round and domed architecture allowed the Romans to progress from mostly telegraphic AM transmission to voice broadcasting over FM. Also suggests that the Sunday Sabbath has its origins here. On other days, the radio transmitter was available for use by private broadcasters in exchange for a fee and approval by the state. But on Sunday, the ether was left open for official broadcasts. Was Saturday monopolized by the Jews or Phoenicians and Friday by the proto-Muslims? Possibility, right? So, why would they tear down all of the radio towers of the, quote, old world? Well, they had designed a set of technologies that gave them greater flexibility. They had stepped from that analog era that I was speaking of in previous episodes into what we coined the digital era of today, where information can be sent as packets sort of interdimensionally in real time, what we consider real time. That would require a complete upheaval and resurrection of the power structure. It still fits into the same story. It still fits into the everything comes together to create a singularity or a new thing. Or, you know, to create raw once again. And then again, outward it goes. Back in 2008, the digital era began. And that's just before what we know as 2012 and the change of the mind calendar, etc. And it is my understanding that none of this is coincidence and that all of these stories intertwine and interrelate. And you know, it's interesting, to say the least, that uh, in the past, it seems, there was a very limited bandwidth of transmission that could be indulged in. Whereas here today, we have multidimensional transmission happening all around us all the time. And I think it's just the, the product of very, very long set of histories. <clears throat> Quote, a special contribution has been made by Hadrian, who has forbidden to enter Jerusalem to the Jews for all time. He wanted the FM transmitter, which was the religious center, for himself and the Romans, and wanted to make sure that his stated airtimes are strictly enforced. If there is only one God in this modern FM technology, he wanted this to be his sole God. Or he wanted to be this sole God. Man, any of you guys ever seen... Uh, The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Man, this stuff's starting to ring real true, dude. I I saw that when I was... First time, I was probably five years old when I saw that movie. And uh, it never leaves you. The entire experience of that movie never leaves you. Getting caught up in a whirlwind, uh, winding up in some distant land, and finding out at the end of a very long journey with very unique friends and cohorts that... It's just been some dude pulling levers all along. Really seems like we're starting to get to that point, doesn't it? He then speculates, Mail then speculates that Constantine went on to adopt Christian monotheism as a simple cover for the final centralization of the broadcast technology. And this could be why the creation of aliens is necessary uh, if it is known that there are other frequencies coming in and interacting with people's physical temple technology that are beyond the control of what we call the Roman sun god empire, right? It could just be a prismatic effect as well, where we have the one becoming the many once more with the advent of digital technology, right? So uh, again, a smaller version of the return of Osiris happening in our daily lives back in 2008 or 2009 with the advent of the digital technology age. You guys remember when we all had to get rid of our air antennas on our TVs or get a Uh, you know, a box to synthesize those signals. You remember that? So imagine, continue that process backwards. Indefinitely. Previous to that, you may have had an era that looked something like the 1800s, where the new broadcast technology was being rolled out, the old one had to go, and so did everything else associated with it because of the intentions and the emotions invested in all of that. This is something that becomes quite clear once you begin to look into certain psychic aspects of this life and this world. Emotions linger. In Japan, they know these as curses. The residue of an emotion left over after a traumatic experience or event. So yes, there would have been traumatic experience and events that would have left a residue on the world, on the structures that were left within it, and we're looking, We're talking about uh, you know the War of 1812, the uh, Great Rebellion, etc. Okay, A similar upheaval to that which happened when the sun came back, which may have been as recently as 1555. Now, does it gently swing around the entire plane, or does it tick like the seconds on a clock? I suppose that's kind of the real question, isn't it? I don't have access to the entire equation to look at, so I can't tell you, folks. <clears throat> the technological development ends with the Pantheon, which Male suggests or describes as a transmitter for all frequencies, and the cutting edge of current technology, although he then hints at the Hagia Sophia to come. So I think these are all stages and we're just going through a stage as well, right now. A stage where different frequencies have it out, call them good and evil. And that which moves to the future is the most coherent. You can then find the Romans in the thermal baths and watch them, how they sit or lie half the day around under the dome and listen to the radio. They go home afterwards with the necessary pride of the technical achievements of their time and tell about the many news which they have received live from their gods over the air. (laughs) Really does kind of make you wonder, right? What was the purpose of all these domes on these old world buildings? What was going on here? People hung out in these atriums and, and, and did what? Or in these baths and did what? In the bath underneath the dome? Why? What was going on here? They had such reverence for these gods. How is that possible? Well, this is an explanation. I'm sure it's something similar, but probably not completely Identical to this concept, right? Goes on to say the final part of the book is of particular interest. He reproduces the following questions at length. So let's go ahead and take a look at these quotations. Aristotle has taught us that God is energy. If the energy with which our radios are operated continues to decline as in the last century... We should think about measures how to encounter this development in order that no godless time befalls us one day. Period. So what happens when man goes without God? Do we learn to tune in on that on our own? And is that a problem? Is that a problem for the establishment? And are we today seeing the the disassociation this, this of the establishment of old, or are we seeing it simply integrated into those gods which are coming onto the stage now? Right. I mean, we even kind of see, you know, the the Holy See shifting over to more Cosmo. Which we'll is called like cosmopolitan understanding of the cosmos, right? <laughs> As opposed to, I guess, Neapolitan. Something like that, right? And no, it's not just a drink and an ice cream. In this case, all efforts come down to increase the power of the transmitter further. So, what if we got to the point where the power couldn't be increased anymore? Something else had to happen, a change had to happen. That change we call digital. Right? We had maxed out everything. Perhaps it was causing major problems in people. Or in the world. A power source is required for the operation of the transmitters. For this purpose, natural and location-dependent resources are exploited such as the so-called places of power which are unfortunately subjected to temporary fluctuation. To my mind, they were created a long time ago, and I think that their power is of cosmic origin. However, this energy slowly decreases, as we technicians have unfortunately proved. If the observable decrease continues as before, some technicians already predict the end of the divine broadcast technology for the year 1000 AD. So, it's possible that 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 end happened. The new wave was rolled out, that lasted about a thousand years. have to find another different way, possibly scaling everything down, and it's possible everything will have to be scaled down once more as this process snowballs on itself, increases. In my experience, the energy source will train will change in a wavy, temporal, spatial, and not completely uniform way. Therefore, the year thousand is not yet the end in my personal assessment of the future. Just like I'm saying, there, there has to be a change uh in order to receive the will of providence, right? And, you know, some of these concepts, you've got to step outside of the the duality aspect and just look at it from a, a technical point of view and say, okay, what would the solution look like if the temple technology to receive these voices of God or gods or however, these information? And did it, did we hit a dry spell? Did that dry spell of the information from the gods or God wind up helping to cultivate the wars that we'd seen happen in the last 200 years? And is it possible that we're just tuning back into the correct, and by correct I know that that's like a biased term, right? Or or the ideal uh, frequencies. For growth, for compassion, for love, for understanding, for these sorts of things that we need in order to succeed in life, right? Of course, you could be a very successful, very angry, loveless person, uh, but generally speaking, for for a society or a large group of people, that's not as useful. Unless, of course, they're of that same hate-filled frequency, right? <clears throat> so it goes on to, to say, quote, I had a terrible dream. The people were godless or desperately searching for places where they still could feel the previously present divine power. They even quarreled about the appropriate buildings. Hmm, interesting. There should be a terrible darkness, and it was dark because the electromagnetic electromagnetic waves also have something to do with the light. The people had no enlightenments anymore. Some might remember the ancient broadcast technology of the gods. I think he means the new FM transmitters. And have taken possession of the old telegraphic technology again, which works still much more reliable with much less effort. Therefore, they have also disturbed the sensitive FM technique so that they have been called witches because they could fly through the air with their information and master the rituals of the telegraphy. Okay, Uh, when he's talking about witches, we could say uh, they they were called aliens because they could fly through the air with their information and master the rituals of telegraphy. In my dream, they were hunted, imprisoned, tortured, and even burned alive. I don't think this is a dream he's speaking of, is it? Far away from Rome in the far north, there is no reception possible because of the large distance, and a counter-movement develops there to reform everything, and still further increases the mischief by fire and sword. I saw the entire hold broadcast technology in flames. So those are just some excerpts there. Uh... Pretty cool explanation of some of these mysteries, and um, you know th- those ideas don't don't make us you know assume too much as far as falsification of history goes. Uh, there's you know a lot of bias information on that that falsification aspect. What what its purpose is is my primary dig. That's what I would like to know, and um, I find it interesting that in this book in this dream that he speaks of goes on to say far away from Rome in the far north, there is no reception possible because of the large distance. Is it possible? This is why we're kept away from hyperborea. Is that the divine transmitter that is transmitting the frequency of unity and love? And is our current technology transmitting something different? Is that the battle? Is it all a battle of frequency and will? Of wits and emotions, you know? Interesting stuff, man. Super interesting. So, uh... Explains why so many resources were used to build the temples and churches, right? A lot of money. Uh, Explains why they had to be so large. It explains all of the re- resonant and harmonic properties in the architecture. Also explains a lot of the unusual artifacts associated with the priesthood. Goes on to explain how ancient empires were able to maintain coordination over long distances. And if you've taken a look at the episode I had with Arya Sulin, he goes on to speak about this. It explains why the classical world fell apart. Doesn't really ask us to throw away too much of the official history we have. It explains why there are so many churches with so many towers scattered all over Europe and America and everywhere else we looked. It explains the nature of the relationship between visible power structures and invisible power structures. It appears that the whole thing stopped working for good after some catastrophe in the Proto-Renaissance. Hmm. And he goes on to state that uh, this account fits well with the evidence presented by Ucello and others in IHASFEMR that ter- churches in Britain were at one point repurposed as butcheries and charnel houses before becoming properly Christianized. Wow. Crazy. And it goes on to, to state churches and temples would have become basically useless at some point and a perfect headquarters for cannibal. Mafia clans, and defunct evil priesthoods to squat. So these are these are ideas that are really deep, really hard-hitting, and uh, they seem to be present in our current narrative of history, the witch burnings, etc. The removal of that which was not in the frequency that the organization had decided its god was is it possible that Britain being so far North was cut off first and descended into cannibalism and monstrosity in a way that did not happen to such an extent elsewhere? Maybe it's something like the dark crystal, right? (laughs) You know, where, where that, that resonant cavity maybe was usurped, you know, was maybe usurped, taken over by the Skeksis, you know what I mean? To, to, suck the essence out of us you know lesser folk (laughs) so you know those are some of the ideas Um, and it's uh he goes on to state something about Switzerland that perhaps all of those mountains cut them off from civilizing radio waves uh you know hey man (laughs) on further note pipe organs everybody We've got some info on pipe organs here. I know that this is a fascinating tool uh, that we all wonder what the situation was there. And I had always assumed that this was similar to our TVs brainwashing us, that this was the brainwashing techniques of Rome in centuries past, uh, using these harmonic frequencies to sort of numb the minds of the masses. A lot of folks believe that these were used for healing. I think that that's a possibility. I think that it was known that they were used for healing, and at some point, it got to where it was also understood that this could be used on the other side of things. And that other side of things is the probably last three or four hundred years that we've all just gone through. That inversion that ideally we're on the tail end of. But I suppose it depends. We seem to live in a prism, so we seem to separate out even further, even on our way back to unity, which is strange uh, and interesting. And it's a little bit of a weird mirror thing going on, which, you know, kind of makes sense, uh, given some of the information in this world. Did pipe organs appear later in an attempt to artificially introduce the lost resonance necessary for the long defunct cathedrals to function? Was the incredible music of Johann Sebastian Bach and other composers nothing but the later byproduct of a technological instrument, the organ, which originally had a purely mechanical function? Goes on to state uh, that, is it possible that some kind of psychic transmission is facilitated by music? I think given the mathematical nature of our reality, yes, absolutely given what music today is and what it is doing to the youth and to many of us, myself included, over very many years. Pumping up the nightlife, getting you out there to go and do them bad things after dark and all this, right? A lot of that. A lot of that going on. I think it's being used on both sides today. I think we have a choice. I think we are in a free will zone. And I think it is up to us to decide which resonant frequencies we resonate with, that we synchronize with that we learn from, that we take our cues from. It seems to have gone both ways in the past. Good, bad, good, bad, back, forth, back, forth. Seems that we're in a very unique position here and now to make a decision for each and every one of ourselves as to which one we're going to allow to influence us. Okay. Uh, The theory also fits with the theory that we were seeded by an advanced culture that eventually disappeared or merged with our own. What's wondered or postulated is if the gods who broadcast their telegraphic messages and voices through the temples and churches were really divine entities, located either in other planets or the ether itself, or simply hidden on earth somewhere. Again, that Wizard of Oz idea, right? The man behind the curtain. The curtain can be looked at as the ether, possibly. At what point were the gods usurped by men speaking in their name? By ancient Greece, things had certainly changed, and humans, or perhaps semi-divine humans, had begun to take over. He brings this up because male's theory appears to be impossible without some form of direct psychic influence. Perhaps magic or telepathy, etc., has become so rare these days, simply because the ether has gotten so weak that it just doesn't work anymore for any but the most gifted. Another possibility and this is just speculation, is it is possible that some other kind of waves are at play here, not radio waves, but something that follows a similar principle. We call these psi waves. Okay. Scalar waves is what they're being known as. And I apologize for this person out here, you know, doing their little lawn work, uh, but we're almost wrapped up here. So those are some of the ideas here. Interesting, right? Very interesting stuff. Uh, Goes on further uh, detailing some of these possessions that oracles have had in these temples, in this cave, right? This the the, the, or- the cave of the oracle, right? They they go in, they they uh, spend the night, much like he was saying, and uh, and then come back out, and suddenly they've got the information that you need, but it's generally in a cryptic sense. Now, if you've ever Asked a question to the ether. <laughs> if you've ever asked a question to the ether and had a vague or confusing response just randomly pop into your head in return, then you might have actually had an experience with some of these scalar waves or some of these resonant frequencies that folks have dubbed gods or aliens or star seeds or any of these things. Uh, well, I do think that there are conflicting interests in some of these resonant frequencies Uh, I don't think that it necessarily means that any of them are bad, I I would say benign at most Uh, but it just depends on what you do with it, right? What you put into play, what you put into motion here but I hope you guys all like that and uh, I'll include the information, you can go and look further into some of the responses on this information that sort of thing, Uh, I'll even include a link to uh, Dr. Mayer's work my mayor Meyer however <laughs> mail excuse me Dr. mail. okay anyway, so we'll get you set up. Uh, it's interesting that his name is Constantine also uh, what a storybook world we live in everybody what a storybook world. So on the outro uh, please remember to share this around. this information is key to our understanding and uh, more to come. We're going to continue to dig into the Tartaria topic and all of the hidden history and what it entails and what it means and and what it can help us to understand about ourselves and the world. So thank you all for joining me and uh, much love. Have a great rest of your day, night, whatever it is that you're experiencing currently. And, uh, you know, just make make awesome choices. Do you and uh, just shine on you crazy diamonds.